wide range of situations, uh, of backgrounds. Um, They've got varying lengths of time in faith. And we're just going to kind of have a panel discussion this morning. And our goal is to help moms and really everybody find hope in the midst of your own personal chaos, whatever that might, whatever that might be. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to uh, get introduced to these ladies and kick off some questions, and we're just going to see how this goes uh, for the next uh, 30 minutes or so, okay? All right. I'm going to take that as you're with me. All right. Let's pray. God, thank you uh, again for your faithfulness, and thank you for your grace. I thank you for these uh, four women who are represented here on the stage, and uh, God, it's a challenge uh, to, to, to be a woman, especially in today's world, and maybe all the time it is. And we just ask that um, today, uh, through this discussion, through their, uh, this conversation, through their responses, uh, that you would strengthen us and you challenge us to, uh, to not just be real, but to trust in a real God who cares about what's going on in our lives. And so as we hear these stories, um, Father, pray that there's some connections here. And uh, uh, God, we just pray that, that our time spent this morning is encouraging uh, to your people. And so would you uh, bless it and bless us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. I'm so glad that you guys um, agreed to be with us this morning. Um, like Corey said, be real and transparent. Um, So I think we'll just kick off, if you don't mind, um, and we'll start by just asking you to introduce yourselves and then tell a little bit how you have managed to work through motherhood. We'll start with Micah. Okay. (laughs) You get to go first, apparently. Apparently, I'm going first. Okay. I'm Micah Hunter, um, and my husband is Adam. We've been married for 20 years. We have three daughters um, through motherhood. So, yeah, uh, we got married pretty young. And then waited a few years, and then we had three beautiful, healthy children without trying. Um, so we've just been. They, they did taking, try, okay? <laughs> it wasn't a miraculous conception, okay? <laughs> um, so I guess what's uh, probably what they're wanting me to say about myself, what's probably different about us? Um, so my husband's the women's soccer coach at Butler, the college, um, and then he's also works for a um, large youth soccer club in Wichita, which he's, he started out just coaching our daughter, but now he's the technical director. So basically he's got, I would say, two full-time jobs, and then I also work, I've worked at the public library, and I've um, built up to full-time at this point, and then at this point we have our daughters are 12, 14, and 16, so all of it comes with having teenage girls, I guess. So that's kind of where we're at right now. That's the big one, is three teenage girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Andrea Landreth, and uh, Corey and I have been married for 28 years, and uh, we have uh, four, actually six now, beautiful children. Um, our youngest is 19, and then 21, 23, 20. Three, 20, <laughs> six, tomorrow, 27. <laughs> Two of them are married. So anyway, uh, could not be prouder of my grown children and, and love them all so much. Um, <laughs> and they're all over there. <laughs> um, so I'm on yeah. the other side. I don't cry. 
<laughs> I'm on the other side of raising children, but I'm not because our son has severe autism and he lives with us and will probably always live with, live with us. And um, in some ways, it's like having an infant. Um, in some ways, it's like having a grown man in our house. So um, that's just a whole set of challenges. Another grown man have. in the house. That's what I meant. So that's where we're at. Hello, I'm Sarah Avey. My husband's Adam Avey, the one that's always doing the videos. Um, we've been married for four years, and I became an instant mom when I married him. And I have a stepdaughter. She's eight years old right now. And I, it took forever. I dated so long. It took forever to finally find a guy that met all my criteria. And so, <laughs> and it's good to be picky because it's a, it's a big deal. Um, so I was, I tried to think back. I think I was like 31 when we got married. And I was ready to have kids when I was like 25. But obviously you need someone to do that with. Um, but to rewind a little bit, I was, I'm like a preparer. I'm like, I'm going to make things happen. And so all of my life, there's things that I'm like, if I want it, I get it because I know how to work hard. I know how to find resources and everything. And I even looked into um, adopting as a single parent um, when I was younger, um, you know, in my late 20s. Um, and that's extremely hard. So I just kind of stopped. I got a lot of no's. Uh, so when we got married, we knew we wanted to add to our family. Um, first off, being a stepmom, um, I was like, this is no, not going to be a big deal. I mean, how hard is it to love a child? That part's not hard at all. But it's all the emotions that go with it. Um, and it's really hard to explain because I wouldn't change anything for the world. She has a great mom and they have a very good bond. Um, it was hard for me because she would be crying and upset about something and I couldn't give her that comfort that her mom could. And then, you know, we were trying to have a kid too and so that kind of added to the emotions as well. Um, we ran into um, just problems having, having a kid because I have a medical condition called PCOS. And so, um, went into doing fertility treatments, multiple failed fertility treatments, um, went into about a year after that, I'm like, we need to look, you know, I, we talked about it. It was an idea of to look into adoption and he was completely on board. I certainly don't need a kid to be my bloodline to love them and, and to be my child. And we um, actually had three opportunities to um, adopt and they all fell through. We actually did meet with a birth mother um, and that's heartbreaking in itself. Plus, I was going through infertility treatments, and you're constantly on hormones, injecting hormones. And I'd be at work, and someone would bring in their kid, which is awesome, but it was to the point I could, it was so hard, I'd have to just walk away and come back when they were gone. And the hard part of that is I wouldn't wish this on anyone. Um, I certainly am very happy for any woman that is pregnant and has no problems getting pregnant. Um, it, it's nothing towards them. It was just so hard for me because it's something I wanted so bad and I had absolutely no control over. Um, but um, lots of prayers and, and lots of fertility treatments. Um, two years after we started trying, um, it was actually, um, it was on Mother's Day two years ago. And I told Adam, I go, I just can't go to church. I, I go, if people ask, just tell them I don't feel well, and which was true. I was just in a mental, emotional state. It's just I couldn't even face it. Um, found out the next day I was pregnant. And so um, with Mila, and so she's uh, 15 months old now, and um, it was a very, very hard journey. But the kicker is no one talks about this. And there's one in eight women that go through this. And I, I don't know, you just, you just get married and have babies, right? I mean, that's what you're a kid and you're like, you know, writing down names and that sort of thing. And so um, it was a journey, but um, I've met a lot of people that, you know, had gone through the same thing I did. And I don't certainly regret it. It was certainly hard, but um, I'm very blessed um, to have two beautiful girls. And that's uh, my story as of now. <laughs> I told you not to regret, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm Catherine Foth. I'm married to Jordan. Uh, 
five years, right? 2014, five years. Between the two of us, we have four kids, 10, nine, eight, and Sebastian will be 15 months, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> 15 months. Um, Sebastian was definitely not necessarily planned. We tried for a few years, and it just never happened. So we're like, okay, you know, God, we have the perfect amount of kids that we're supposed to have. So I think it was that whole acceptance thing, and then God's like, just kidding. Here's another baby. Um, Jordan and I met through mutual friends. I had been in a abusive relationship, and I was getting out. The girls and I were good, had a good job and everything like that, and then met Jordan, and there was quite a bit of tragedy that happened with my family. My parents were killed, and then I got injured. And so it's been quite the journey the last few years. Everything happened in 2013, so it's been a, a few years. But we just keep doing it because, well, you got kids. You have to, right? I mean, it's, it's no longer about you when you have kids. It's definitely about the kids and how to help them through it. And, of course, you have to take care of yourself. But my personal feelings as me helping my kids and being a mom and being a wife, that kind of helps me heal and adapt, I guess. Oh, did I miss anything? No? Okay. They're friends. It's okay. It's, uh, they, they know each other. Okay. All right, so uh, we didn't really plan this, Micah, but I don't know. You just sat in the hot seat, and uh, you get to go first all the time. So you get the first, you get the first question, too, and I don't know why that happened. But, um, so, uh, so, uh, so here's what happened. Melody and I like emailed and texted this last week going, you know, what kind of things can we ask uh, the ladies that would be helpful and beneficial for everybody? So, um, so that's kind of where that came from. So here we go. First question. Uh, you talked uh, a minute ago in the introduction about your uh, busy husband uh, and, your, and your three girls. Um, I don't think you talked about uh, all that your three girls are involved. Like they're all teenagers, right. but um, they all do soccer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did forget to mention <laughs> really huge thing in our life. Um, well, but it's all tied up with my husband's second with, job. Yes. Um, so all three of my daughters, um, pretty good at soccer. So they're all on really competitive teams, which... Um, That's modest, by the way, when she says pretty good at soccer. Well, I mean, I, I mean do you want to talk about how that. good my kids are at soccer? We can talk the, about that. <laughs> no, um, she's a soccer mom, a soccer and her mom. daughters are fabulous <laughs> at soccer. So okay. th there's lots and lots of evenings and weekends that we are not in El Dorado, I should say that, um, because it's all based in Wichita, and sometimes they play farther away, and it's, you know, competitive. Um, so, uh, but I do want to say, like, Okay, because my husband's career, it's kind of dictated how busy our lifestyle is, but I am not doing the parenting by myself. So, I mean, he's really been an active parent, so it's Mother's Day, but shout out, him out a little bit there. Shout out to Adam. So, Good job. <laughs> he adds things to the schedule, then he takes care of things. So. Um, but yeah, that keeps us super, super busy. So uh, I guess oh, you didn't actually ask me I didn't ask yet. you a question. I just clarified that. Okay, the yeah. question is, so with... With, with girls who are doing school and then doing this competitive soccer thing and then a, then a husband who's holding down two jobs basically and doing all that stuff, uh, how do you do it? That's, 
really the question. <laughs> uh, being gone evenings and weekends and doing all that stuff and your full-time job now, um, how do you kind of organize all that stuff? Um, and then I think specifically, how do you find time for, for you uh, just as a mom or just as a person? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and so <laughs> whenever he sent this, I was sent this question ahead of time and I went, oh, of course, they have to ask me this question. I hate this question because um, it, that's the thing, right? I work at the library. There's so many books out there to how to strike the perfect work-life balance, etc. And the thing is, it's just, it's impossible. Um, even if you don't do what we do, your kids are doing things, you know, things are coming up in your life. And there, it changes all the time. I mean, if you have babies, if you've had babies, you know, it changes every few months anyway with what they need. And um, gosh, the thing is, you're going to drop the ball on things. You're going to have to choose um, to stop doing things or do them differently than maybe you think is the right way to do them. And so I think what the real question is, is how does a mom deal with the... Um, feeling guilty or feeling worried. That's um, the question I was asking. Yeah. Really, honestly. Uh, because you can't do everything. <clears throat> you can't do everything well. <laughs> um, and so that's the answer. The answer is that it changes. You're going to, but, but how to not feel guilty. Um, that's tough because that's another thing that there's no perfect answer, but I think what you have to do, I guess my two main things I think you have to do and they're much easier said than done. But you have to first kind of own your choices that you make, you, you know, you and your husband and family choices that you make. Um, so, you know, if I say, well, we'll just say, if I say, you know what, I'm not going to make time to go to the women's retreat because I'm choosing something else or I'm choosing alone time, which is going to energize me more than <laughs> social time. Other people are different. Um, you know, you may choose it the other way around. Then you just have to embrace that decision and go, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to be happy about it. And whatever the consequences are, it's, it's fine. Um, and, you know, you can do it differently next time if that didn't work out. But you have to, I think, and then if you feel pressure from someone else, whoever that may be, your mom, whatever, you know. <laughs> no, you, got, you don't. <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> I just use that as an example. But, like, if you're pressure from somebody then at least if you've accepted your own choice, you and your spouse have made that decision or whatever it may be, then it's a lot easier to just say, well, that's just, you know, what we've chosen to do. And without, you know, cause it'll make you feel more guilty, I guess, easily if you're not embracing it yourself completely. I don't know if that makes sense. And then the other thing is that, you know, your life is not, oh, how do we say this? You don't get to control and author your own life completely. Um, so uh, these other ladies are going to talk about that in more detail. But, you know, I didn't imagine my life being like this. But, um, you know, I wanted my family to all, I wanted to be close with each of my kids and my husband. And so I didn't want to fight against the things they wanted, that they really wanted to do with the lifestyle. So, you know, I'm a librarian. I would like it if my kids wanted to sit and read with me on the weekends. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's not what happens. So, <laughs> but, you know, we have to just embrace, I guess, or accept what the lifestyle God's given us and try to enjoy it as much as possible. And then everyone could be happier. So, again, easier said than done. But that's about what I was going to say. <laughs> Thank you. 
Uh, next question is for Catherine. So you have faced some pretty incredible tra tragedy in your life. How has your faith helped you through that? And how have you been able to help your kids see the importance of faith in their own lives? One thing um, during, as I was with that man for seven years, and church was not an option, religion was not an option, but personally I felt that is one thing that he cannot take from me. Right. So the kids didn't, you know, start out growing up in church and stuff like that, but I tried to I tried to squeeze it in where I could, if that makes sense. You know, we, I talked about God. I talked about Jesus. I talked about everything that I knew from growing up. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that was, when I was in it, that was the only thing that I knew would help us through it. You know, a lot of prayer, a lot of what to do next, you know. I mean, so I feel like maybe... I have a lot of guilt from that time in my life because I didn't, I almost let him take that from me. You know, that was the last thing. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like my kids might have suffered a little bit because of not starting out in a church, you know, and so, but how it's helped me during that time was, like I said, literally that's all I had left. Right. I knew no matter what, no matter what happened to me, God was going to take care of me. God was going to take care of my kids. Like, I, I know it's, it's kind of a deep topic, but even if I had died, I knew that God was still going to take care of my kids because my kids weren't with me that night. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, I don't know if everybody knows, but he... In 2013, I had managed to get away, and the girls and I were living in low-income housing, and I got a job at a doctor's office, and everything was going great. Um, he, in August, he held the girls and I at gunpoint for eight hours, and then I don't even know how I managed to do that. I mean, we got away unharmed. I completely played into it. I. My dad was a deputy. My mom worked for the county attorney's office. So I kind of got a lot of schooling throughout the years on how to prepare yourself for dangerous situations. Never thought that I would have to do it. Like, there's no way. That does not happen in Eureka. We have like, what, 2,000 people? It only happens in movies and in big cities. But um, so he got arrested. And when he got his family bailed him out, and that was in August, and two, in October, he broke into my parents' house, he killed my parents, and he shot me. And so, I lived. I was hit five times, and so like, even if I did die that night, and it was the craziest thing, because I'm gonna get kind of like, so you guys can understand the whole thing. Like, I was laying there, because I drove away, I wrecked my car, and I was laying there in the field, and there was actually a piece about me. I mean, it was, like I talk about it, and people probably think I'm crazy, but like I wasn't scared. And I, and I know that that was my God protecting me and telling me, you know, you're okay. You're going to be okay. Because I, left, I had left the kids with Jordan. I went to a Mary Kay party, 
And then everything happened, and I ended up out of my parents' house, and just to have that peace, and I just finally, I was like, okay, everything I did these last seven years, God didn't forget about me, you know? And I think that's the biggest thing, is that when you go away, when you feel like you've gone away, God's just going to forget about you, but he doesn't. And with the girls, as soon as I was able to, and I got out of the hospital, like, we... They don't know everything, of course not. I mean, they're 10 and 8. There's no way that they should know all that. But we've really talked about how God pretty much kind of gave me a second chance, you know? Like, this is it. You know, I got you, is what he was saying. And so I make sure that the girls know that. And we talk a lot about God and tragedy because it's part of our lives. So, you know, and one thing that... It had to have probably been the first or second time that I came here and Corey said it and has stuck with me since then that God can make good out of bad. And it has literally stuck with me since the second, I had to have been the second time that we came here. And it's, I always say it. You hear that? Somebody listens. <laughs> and I tell my girls that too because like it's just, I don't know, that's the one thing that really kind of like hit me especially with my situation and it has stuck with me and I say it to my friends and I say it to my kids and I say it to my husband you know <laughs> I mean it's just so that's kind of my part of it that's good the other thing that just came to my mind too is that um, evil doesn't just stop um, and, and trials and the things that we walk through um, aren't just always taken away from us um, but we do have that God that will walk through it with us. So Definitely. My kids have asked before, why, why doesn't God stop evil? Because mm-hmm. sometimes he can't. Like, all he can do is protect us. I mean, he can't, he can't stop the devil from coming, but he can protect us, you know, as long as we're believers and we have him in our hearts. That's really what matters. Mm-hmm. And so the whole evil thing, that comes up a lot at home, too. Um, so for Andrea, how has being a mother to a special needs child helped or challenged your walk with Jesus? Um, I feel like sometimes that I'm a very shallow person because I don't dwell on what might happen. I don't, I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm here in the moment. But we literally had to live day by day. You know, he was so violent for so long. He has headphones on right now. Um, and the, that um, we just had to just have faith that we were going to get through this. You know, and he was probably 10, and pe- my friends would be raising their kids and saying, oh, our kids are getting, they're growing up so fast. And I'm like, we've been raising Trent for 20 years. <laughs> it was the longest, longest time of our lives. Um, but it did. I mean, it did. He did. God saw us through it. Um, we had each other. If we hadn't had each other, I don't know how, <laughs> but God would have got us through it. Um, but I feel like I had to step back and take some time to myself sometimes. Fortunately, I, I could do that with a supportive husband. And um, as our kids got older, you know, as they become adults, they are our support with our children too. My parents were our support when he was little. But there were times we could leave him with nobody. But I knew I could leave him with Corey, and I could take a break. Um, but 
we do, I, I guess as far as my walk with God and him getting through those years with, with Trent, I just always knew that there was light at the end of the tunnel eventually. And, um, and having the other kids was helpful as well, I think. Um, so Sarah, I, I, I do have a question for you, but you didn't mention this before. Uh, and I think it's important for everybody here to, to know this about you. Um, can you tell us uh, what you used to ride before you met Adam? <laughs> I had a motorcycle. It was a little ninja, like 250. It wasn't anything crazy. <laughs> it, was, it was like, I, I was, it was kind of in that point of like, I was... I think 25, 28 or somewhere in there. And I was like, you know, I'm tired of waiting to find a husband. I'm, I'm moving on with my life. And so I went out, like within like the same month, um, I went out and bought a house, which I planned for. And it was a very modest house, you know. And then I, I got a, a motorcycle and I got my tattoo I've been wanting for a long time. So, <laughs> And then it was funny. I, like recently after that, I met Adam. So, yeah. It was probably the motorcycle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So you mentioned in the, in the intro you, you'd had uh, multiple failed fertility treatments and adoption opportunities, stuff that fell through. Um, what do you think was the thing that you struggled with most through that time? And then, and then how were you able to kind of push through that? I mentioned a little bit before, but just the loss of nothing you can do. It's something that is, was completely out of my control. And one of the things I felt like was a complete failure. I felt like I wasn't enough. Um, I'm a woman. I'm supposed to have kids. This is what I feel like I was made to do. Um, I'd always dreamed of it. It, it wasn't an option for me. Like, I'm going to have kids. And I could not see my life without more kids. You know, I certainly did have Brooke, and I don't want to downplay that at all because she is a complete blessing. But I come from a family of three three kids and it was just in my mind of having more kids. I loved being a sibling. I wanted to give her that. I wanted to give more, you know, more children that. And I also missed out on the beginnings of life with her. You know, I met her when she was three. And so I didn't get to hold her and see her grow as an infant. And I wanted that for myself. Um, and just to get through it, um, it was tough. I mean, I, I got through it because I had to. You know, I, I had to work. I had a husband. I had Brooke. Um, I have friends and family. And um, I went ahead. I went to therapy because I just needed to know how to, to talk to someone, deal with my emotions. And there's absolutely no shame in that whatsoever. Um, I feel like there's a, sometimes this thought of, oh, you go to therapy and you're weak. No, I mean... Mental health is, is very much as physical health. You, you got you to gotta be there. Um, and I, I just got through it because um, Adam was a huge support for me. Sometimes he didn't know what to say or how to say it. And I couldn't tell him what to say or how to say because I had no idea what he could say to me to make me feel better. But he was there. I mean, he comforted me and, and was a huge support and told me, he's like, I don't need more kids to be happy. And, and I understand that, but I was just in such a low point that um, – it, it was just something that I, I wanted so badly and couldn't. Um, and just, uh, I, like, one of the songs I absolutely love is Oceans. And it was really funny because it seemed like Tristan would sing it on times when, like, I really need it. And I'd just go to the back of the church and just cry my eyes out. Um, I'd drive home from work, listen to the song, um, just because it really kind of helped me that, you know, you know, God has a plan. And I was so mad at God. I even told him that. I'm like, it, well, I'm crying. I'm like, I'm so mad at you. I almost felt like a pouty child, like throwing a tantrum. And then now I feel like he's kind of laughing at me, like, ha ha, I told you so. I told, you know, like, I had something <laughs> planned for you, you know. And so maybe, I, I mean, and I'm not a big fan of like, you know, um, the saying things happen for a reason. I mean, and if that helps you, great. I'm not, you know, everything helps people in, in different ways. But 
Um, I don't know, maybe it was I can be there for someone or maybe it just happened because it happened, you know, but um, that's kind of, you know, how I got through it. There's not like a magic trick. I just kind of like, you do sometimes just take it day by day and you really got to focus on the good things in your life and then try to push that aside because I didn't want it to consume me. And I also kind of, I kept it a secret from a lot of people um, just because I'm, I'm a private person. And also I didn't want my friends that were having babies to not tell me about their joys because I was in so much pain. Um, I did not, you know, some friends knew that I was going through that and they didn't hide that stuff from me because I'm like, I don't want that. Um, so that was, a, you know, another reason I kind of kept things quiet. A lot of people didn't know and then people come up and ask you like, are you having kids? You know, after, after I got married or a couple of years, I really recommend you having kids. I'm like smiling like, you know, me too. I, I really wish I could, but people just don't know and they don't mean anything by it and they, you know, they're just, you know, for them, I mean, just go and have kids and a lot of people don't have issues with it. That's great. Okay, so I think we're going to kind of finish up with a question, but each of you would answer the same question. And we're probably going to time you. <laughs> so, you know, not really. But. Not really. What would you like to tell other women and mothers who may be struggling with the same challenges you've had to deal with? Just what I said before, I mean, take it one day at a time. Um, have, have help. If you don't have support, you need to find support because you can't do it alone. Um, and don't, don't let it take you away from the things that you feel like you need to do, like going to church or going to Bible study or going to women's retreat once a year, like I did since Trent was a year old. Um, just, just look for resources if you don't, if you don't have them because you can't do it without support. Um, okay, uh, I'm so I thought they were going to ask me about my, um, how I've handled my spiritual life, uh, yeah. being busy, so I'll kind of go with what I was going to say there, I guess, <laughs> if I can remember. <laughs> Didn't bring my notes. We, we, you, you all talk well. <laughs> We've used talk up good. the we time. We all talk good. <laughs> um, so, uh, I guess one thing I wanted to say was that, um, I, do, I think God, if you reach out to him, he's going to be there for you. And she's touched on that. Um, but he, I think a lot of times as moms, we think, okay, I'm going to start getting up early and do my quiet time with God. And I'm going to start doing it. I'm really going to start doing it this time. It's either that or working out. I'm going to get up early. <laughs> I'm going to work out and I'm going to pray. Um, and read the Bible. And, you know, then you might even do that for a while, and then uh, one of the kids gets sick or some other minor crisis happens, and then you're done again. And, and I just want to say that I think God is not as um, dependent on those spiritual practices as we are. I think they're really good for us when we can do them, and they, and they are. But don't feel guilty when you can't because uh, he doesn't need you to do that. So... I think that's, I think that's mainly it. I, was gonna say. Um, I would say you're not alone. And also, um, I touched on earlier how I felt like a failure. Um, I learned, even though I felt that way, I went through, and I'm, I'm, I'm not. It's a medical condition. It's nothing that makes me less of a woman. Um, I do know that there are women that um, I know that are unsuccessful in having their own kids. And some, you know, she, I have a friend that she went through, and adoption was a success for her, which is awesome. But I do know there's women, too, that just 
they just don't have kids and, and it's crushing to them. Um, don't, you know, reach out. There's communities on Facebook of women that are real. Uh, they're going through the same things um, that can touch on a lot of different things. I know after having a baby, you know, being a new mom and that sort of thing, there was a group of women on there that were awesome and helpful, answer all your questions, let you know you're not alone. Um, so those are the two things that I would say that you're definitely not a failure, even though you feel that way and it's not, um, go, go get therapy if you need it, um, have a support system, and um, I think that's what, I, what I'd tell you if you're going through the same thing. Pretty much the same thing as she said, like you're not alone, reach out to somebody, even if the only person you tell is your best friend. I mean, have a plan, don't ever stop praying and don't let somebody take something so important to you away or try to take it away because, like I said, that was all really I had left. And I know everybody says you're not alone. You're not alone, but really you're not. Like there's way too many of us that have experienced some form of that. And so Facebook groups, my phone number, I mean anything at all, just reach out to somebody. I think that's a really good point. One of the things that I always thought is growing up in the church that everybody seemed so perfect. And, and they probably didn't think they were, but someone looking out at that thought they were. And I so wanted to share things that I've walked through because there might be others who are, who are going through that. And I think when we can be real as people and um, tragedies that we've had or you know whatever the situation is if we can share that with other people then they know hey there's somebody else like me and I can reach out to them so thank you I so appreciate you ladies sharing today and being transparent with us thank you so one of the things we wanted to do this morning is is just to to show you that, um, you know, through the stories of, of, of these ladies, those same stories are probably repeated a bunch in this room uh, in different ways and varying ways, uh, but they're here. And so um, we've all got something we're going through and uh, it might be a little bit different, but everybody's going through something. And, and so I think the key thing you heard through all of this is um, no matter what you're going through, God loves you. And, and, and it's, not, it's not just you, okay? There's other people going through it and, um, and, and lean on him. The church is here and uh, we want to help you. So thanks uh, again, um, ladies, for doing that. And so, are you ready for this? Uh, did you get your um, little raffle tickets, moms, when you came in? I hope so. Because we're going to do it. Kevin, why don't you come up here? We're going to have a man come up here and do this because there's been lots of women on the stage. And, uh, and then if he messes up, we'll have somebody to blame. You do it anyway. I know. Okay, so reach in there and pull one of those things out. Just one. Oh, should I tell you the rules? Here are the rules. If you've won this before... You can't win again. That's good because I think the lady who won it last year isn't here. So that's good. We don't have to worry about that one. Um, and if you work for the church, you don't get a win either. Sorry, Deanna and Amber, wherever she is. Andrea. Yeah, one. Did you just pull? Okay, you're dismissed. Okay. Uh, last 
three numbers, because I hope they're all the same. First three numbers. Six, eight, six. It was who? Julia Funk. Oh. Yay, Julia. I mean, she really already won because she has DJ for a husband. So maybe lost. Are you going to stand in front of all these chairs, Tristan? Anyway, hey, um, if you haven't done it already, thanks Tracy, if you haven't done it already on your way out, make your mom stop by in the front of the brick wall, get a picture taken with the my mom is better than your sign, uh, and then post that, that'll just be fun, and then uh, you can tag the church in that too, that'll be cool, we can see all of those uh, together, and oh, Julia! Yay, you won a uh, massage in something else. I don't know what it is. You're, oh, Jenna. <laughs> You're plus two. You win it for two, and Jenna thinks she gets to go. Anyway, uh, hey, thanks for being here this morning. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, make sure you stop on the way out. Band's going to sing, and uh, come back next week as we wrap up how to be a perfect Christian. All right, let's stand up as we sing one more song. I've seen it move in my own life. Took me from dusty roads into paradise. All of my dirt, all of my shame. Drowned in the streams that have made me born again. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes you come alive in the water that brings it dead to life. Oh, we're going down to the river, down to the river, down to the river. There's good wars by the water, wars by the water.
lands. So hold on to my. 